coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. Before we get started on today's episode, uh, the lesson, I want to mention a couple of things. Last time I, uh, I mentioned, uh, had my new book, Blue Collar Leadership Toolbox Tips, uh, 60 Micro Lessons to Maximize Your Influence, Volume 2, uh, had been released. That's my 15th book, by the way, so I'm proud of that. And I got a lot more in me, just got to get them on paper where you can read them. But uh, today I want to talk about a couple of things, a couple more announcements. I just recently started a, a newsletter on LinkedIn. If you follow me on LinkedIn, be sure to be sure to check out my uh, newsletter there. It's called Blue Collar Leadership Tips. And I'm going to be sharing basically micro lessons, d- different than my, my tips book. This is going to be just micro lessons uh, based on about 500 words. Or, or so somewhere around approximately 500 words. So it's not going to be very long. It'll come out once a week and you, you'll see it on my, if you go to my features section, you'll, you'll see it or you can just search for it there and, and you'll find it, but it'll be coming out weekly and you can actually subscribe to it. The other thing is really excited to share with you about Rhea's new book. And, uh, hopefully by the time this episode releases, this episode will release on February 27th 2023 i'm actually recording it on february the 11th but we we should be doing a final edit on it uh today and tomorrow and then everything goes as planned it'll be available when this podcast comes out so the, the name of her book is uh the ladder of influence five steps for climbing to the next level and beyond and i'm really excited about this i know there's a lot of folks out there using my books uh, to conduct uh, book study sessions with their teams. I highly recommend if you're one of those folks, you put this one on, on your, your list. Next time uh, you get an opening and you start a new book study, I highly recommend starting the, with the ladder of influence. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it before we get into today's lesson, just because I think it's going to be well-received and, and pretty powerful. And a lot of people need to learn about leadership and influence. And it's really talking about influence, which we define leadership as influence. So it's kind of the same thing, but in the book, it's really talking about influence. How do you build it and develop it? So she's, she's got it formatted with a 30 chapter format. Like we typically write these days, three pages per chapter. So it's easy to cover, uh, during book studies. Also, if you don't know about how to facilitate a book study, be sure to check out episode 305, but this book, uh, so there's five steps, but there's 30 chapters. So there's 25 of the chapters are basically the five steps. So there's five chapters per step, per section, so to speak. So she opens up the book with three intro chapters, kind of telling you about the ladder of influence and then why she chose a ladder to represent influence. And then she talks about climbing the steps. And then she gets into each of the five steps. And then at the end, she closes with two closing chapters, one on 
one titled Mountain Moments in the very last chapter. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you know I say this all the time, keep climbing. And that's that's the title of the last chapter there. So pretty excited about this book. The uh, steps, just so you know what the five chapters, the outline layout of the book is going to be. Uh, once she moves into the first step, she, she basically t- tells you what it is, what that step is. She gets, she, then she's got the second chapters about climbing to that step, what it actually takes, what you've got to do. Then she talks about how you apply that step at home. That's the third chapter in that section. And then she talks about how to apply that step at work, you know, in your professional space. And then the fifth chapter in each section is what mastering the step actually looks like. So you're probably wondering what are the steps? So they all start with a C and simply put, I'll just rattle them off real quick. Uh, Step one is control. Step two is character. Step three is competency. Step four is commitment. Step five is contribution. But there's a little bit more to it than that. Control actually is about uh, self-control. Control of self is the way she puts it. Character is about character development. Competency is about competency development. Then commitment It's about a commitment to developing others. First three steps, you're really focusing on yourself really hard in a way that allows you to interact positively and develop your influence with others. But that fourth step, you take it to another level and you start actually developing others. And then the fifth step, you can't actually choose to step on the fifth step. Society has to put you on the fifth step. The fifth step, when I talk about contribution, or Rhea does, she says contribution of service over time is actually the step. So you got to have a track record of, of mastering those first four steps for quite a while, and then society will put you at the fifth step. But she explains all that to you in the book. So anyway, that's the two things I wanted to talk about before we got into the lesson, before I get into the lesson today the newsletter on LinkedIn, and then Rhea's new book, The Ladder of Influence. So hope you check both of those things out. So let's get into today's lesson. So we're back in blue-collar leadership and teamwork, 30 traits of high-impact players. Today we're on trade eight, chapter eight in the book, which is be disciplined. Be disciplined. So when when we talk about discipline, discipline is giving yourself a command and following through. Really, we're talking about self-discipline, right? You can't be disciplined without having (laughs) self-discipline. It's it's kind of the same thing. So I ain't going to say self-discipline every time I'm teaching today's lesson. I'm just going to say discipline. That's that's a quick, simple, easy way to do it. I want to start off with a quote from Peter Drucker. He says, Today is always the result of actions and decisions taken yesterday. Today is always a result of actions and decisions taken yesterday. Pretty powerful. But I really I really want to share a quote with you that resonates big time with me and with many other people. And this quote is from Jim Rohn. He says, The pain of discipline weighs ounces. Regret 
weighs tons. Think about that. Paints a pretty good picture. Discipline only weighs ounces. Not that big a deal to be disciplined. You just simply have to do it. But regret, when you don't have discipline and you don't get the outcome you want, regret weighs tons. It's kind of like when we talk about leadership development. Not, not, not that hard to do a book study. Do small, small, a small leadership drill with your team. Like like my book, Blue Collar Leadership Toolbox Tips. That, that's a really small drip that you can just drip out at the beginning of a meeting or at a kickoff for a, a work work team, like shop floor in manufacturing. Toolbox talks to kick off the, the shift or safety meetings, all those kind of things. Then you got book studies, which is another form of kind of a leadership drip. Not, not hard to do it. You just got to do it consistently. You got to be disciplined. Cover a chapter or two chapters a week, endlessly, consistently, continuously, relentlessly. Have the discipline to do that. Not that hard, and you'll transform your culture. That's, that's the ounces. The pain of discipline weighs ounces. Just consistently be doing something. Have the discipline to constantly do something. You don't have it, you're going to do nothing, and, and the regret's going to weigh tons. What that means is the frustration the stress, anxiety, lack of communication, all the stuff that comes within a bad culture, a team that's not consistently developed, you're going to get that. Another way to think about it, and this one is one people can really relate to pretty easily, especially if they're older people like me. I'm 53 as I'm making this podcast or recording this podcast. But I'll, if you know me, you've heard me say before, you get to a certain age, health-wise, your free ride's over. While you're young, you can you can eat, drink, not exercise, do whatever you want. Life's going to be pretty good. You keep that up, though, eventually you're going to pay the price. Your free ride's going to be over. Or, as you get older, you, you can suffer the pain of discipline, which only weighs ounces. So you don't have to deal with the regret later in life that weighs tons. When you have poor health, all kind of health problems. When you don't eat the right stuff and you, and you got the wrong bad habits, either drinking or smoking or doing that sort of stuff, you can do it while you're young. When you get older, you're going to pay the price for it. And some people don't care. They just go to the doctor and say, hey, give me some, give me some medicine. Let me tell you, the medicine's not a, not a cure for your problem. It's a crutch. You, you can't see it, but if you're taking medicines because you don't have the discipline to lead yourself well and make good health choices, you're walking around on the crutch, even though someone can't see it. But you got to know it. And those medicines come with side effects. That's some more of that regret. And you get these side effects, then they got to give you some more medicines. But the hard part, but you can do it, but it takes discipline. Not everything. Sometimes you actually need medicine, and medicine's a good thing, but there's a whole lot of people out there that take medicine because they don't have the discipline to lead themselves well. They don't have the discipline to exercise. They don't have the discipline to break bad habits. They don't have the discipline to eat healthy. They don't even have the discipline, most of them, to learn what that means, eating healthy. 
because you got to go do some research. You got to do some reading. You got to do some learning. You got to watch some videos. You got to listen to some podcasts. You got to read some books. Whatever it is you got to do. And I can talk on that subject too pretty deeply because I've had to do it myself because I don't want to take medicine. I don't want cholesterol medicine. I don't want blood pressure medicine. I don't want any medicine unless I absolutely have to have it. And if I can make a choice to prevent me from having to have that medicine, that means I don't have to have it. I just got to make a choice. I got to have the discipline. And it's not always easy. Because a lot of those foods I like, I can't eat anymore. You know why? My free ride's over. Maybe I can have them every now and then. Maybe never. Those habits I used to have, I don't have anymore. It's just a, my growth, leading myself well. The reason I want to throw that in there today with a little bit of focus on health when we're talking about being disciplined because there's a lot of people need to hear it. and You may be one of them. There's a lot of people, though, they never develop that discipline and they live a short life or they live a long, miserable life because they got all kind of health problems later because they're paying that price in tons, the tons of regret for not leading themselves better. But let's get back to talking about discipline and teamwork. Think about this. As I often ask you in this series, hopefully I ask you every episode, but I could forget it sometime. But, but I remember, I'm remembering it today. If you had a choice to, to add a team member to your team, and I'm going to tell you, I got two team members for you. You can have whichever one you want, but I'm only going to tell you one thing about it, each one of them. One of them is disciplined. They lead themselves well. They have the discipline to do that. If they tell you they're going to do something, they do it. If they need to do something, they do it. They follow through. They are disciplined. They, are, they have that character trait. The other one, undisciplined. You don't ever know. They might follow through. They might not. They might come through. They might not. When they tell you to do something, they might do it. They might not. I mean, when they tell you they're going to do something, they might do it. They might not. They're undisciplined. You know what that means. So, so, so I'm the boss and I'm saying, I'm gonna hire one of these people and they're going to work with you every day. Which one you want me to hire? It's obvious. It's common sense. You want me to hire the one who's disciplined because if that person's disciplined, they're going to be better for you to work with. Guess what? If you're disciplined, it's going to be easier for everyone else to work with you that's on your team. doesn't matter what your title is. It matters what your character is. And these traits apply to everyone. So high-impact players do what, do what they say they will do, when they say well, that they will do it, how they say they will do it, because they said they would do it. They're disciplined. Their words matter. I promise you that's the kind of person you want as a teammate. That's the kind of person you need to strive to be, regardless of what kind of teammates you have. Because it ain't about them, it's about you. Now, when they're looking in their own mirror, it's about them. But when you're looking at them, that's out the window, and you don't need to look out the window. You need to be looking in the mirror. But I'm going to tell you this. The greater the discipline the better the player. The more discipline someone has, the better teammate they're going to be. 
the better person they're going to be. The better leader at home they're going to be. The better leader at work they're going to be. But again, we're talking about it in the context of teamwork. Obviously, anyone who's disciplined is going to be a far better teammate than someone who's not. We, we've all worked with team members who make commitments, but seldom if ever follow through. Keeping commitments isn't about your title, position, or rank. It's about your character. I can tell you this. You'd be surprised how many times we've been brought in to speak to a group. While we're there, the leader tells the team because either he already knows us, he's been reading about us or studying about us or listening to podcasts or something like that, or maybe he heard us speak at a conference and now that person brought us in to speak to their team. You you would not believe how many times Rhea and I have been in a room with leaders who tell their team because we were real well received by their team that they tell their team, don't worry, we're going to bring Mac and Rhea back. And then we never go back because the leader drops the ball. For whatever reason. What's crazy is it's not even the leader's money most of the time because most of the places we go, the leader does not own the company. It's corporate money or government money. And the people want development. And the leader tells them, I'm going to give you development. And then they never do it. The leader, the top leader in many organizations is not disciplined. The top leader is a, is, is a very important team member. They're not just the leader. They're a team member. Anyone in a formal authority leadership role needs to be a high-impact team player more than anybody else because they have a lot of formal authority. But think about it. When team members break commitments, do you trust them more or less? It's, it's pretty obvious. You're going to trust them less. And I guarantee you those leaders who who tell people they're going to bring us back when we're in the room and the people actually want us back and they're excited. They hope we come back. Those people, when that leader says that, you know, I've never heard them say that. So when I hear them say that, I think, well, that's cool. They're going to bring us back. They're actually going to do some stuff. They're going to keep the ball rolling. But most of the people in the audience, most of them probably already have a good idea. They won't be back because they know that leader's track record. Leaders like that, they say a lot of things they're going to do for the people, then they never do it. If you're a formal authority leader, don't be that person. If you aspire to be a formal authority leader, aspire not to be that kind of leader. Be disciplined. So when I ask you when team members break commitments, do you trust them more or less? Obviously, it's less. But now ask yourself a, a more important question. How often do I break commitments? Uh-oh. You saw me pull that mirror out, didn't you? How often do I break commitments? And I'm talking about you. How often do you break them at work? How often do you break them at home? How does breaking commitments impact your relationships, your influence, 
your interaction with your team. It matters because making a commitment always reveals your intention. Whether or not you keep it, that reveals your character. You think about that for a minute. Making a commitment reveals your intention. Whether or not you keep it reveals your character. A lot of people they don't that don't even that doesn't even cross their mind. They make a commitment, they break it. They ain't even thinking about I'm putting my character every time I make a commitment, I'm about to put my character on display for the world to see. I'm gonna show you who I am. You make a commitment and you keep it, you got discipline. You make a commitment and you don't keep it, you lack discipline. So when you make commitments, you create hope among your teammates. Back to the teamwork aspect of this. Your teammates are counting on you. When you make a commitment, you create hope among your teammates. Or if it's at home, with your family. A family is a team, too. But when you create that hope, they're counting on you to follow through. When you keep commitments, you build trust. That simple. When you break commitments, you create distrust. It's that simple. And that's one of the hardest things that in the 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 work that I do, helping you know leaders grow and develop themselves and others. This thing about commitments and discipline is is the part dealing dealing with that in other people. That's one of the hardest things in my job because in my personal life, I don't deal with people who make and break commitments. I just I ain't got I ain't got time for the people with that type of character. I like deal with people with of high character. I don't deal with businesses in my personal life. I don't deal with businesses that show uh, poor character. I may do it once till I learn the lesson, and then I move on. I'm looking for a, a business, whatever business that I need to work with. I'm looking for people with high character and demonstrate it. But that's the hardest thing to deal with in my professional business because to help people, I got to get close to them and they're going to make commitments that they don't keep. Happens all the time. I don't like it whatsoever, but it's a sacrifice I make. Dealing with people who tell me they're going to do one thing and never do it. Or I associate my character with a leader. Like I was giving you an example earlier. Where a leader comes in, they bring me in, I pump up the leader in front of the audience, which is the leader's team, tell them what the leader's all about, because the leader's telling me, hey, I'm, I'm going I'm to dive into this, I'm going to make it happen. So I tie my character to the leader's character, and I talk, start hyping up the leader, hyping up what's going to happen in the future, and then it doesn't happen. Because the leader is not disciplined, the leader doesn't follow through. So basically what happens then is, that leader just threw me under the bus because I come up, I come in and I talk highly. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt until there is no doubt. I learned that line from Rhea. That's some good stuff. But anyway, in a culture of discipline, 
people do not have jobs, they have responsibilities. That's a quote from Jim Collins. Not Jimmy Collins, not my friend and mentor, the former president of Chick-fil-A, but Jim Collins. He's the author of a book called Good to Great. There's some good stuff in that book, but be careful when you read it. There's a lot of management of people in that book, and if you don't know the difference, you're going to say, oh, I'm reading a leadership book, so everything in here is about leadership. Nope, it ain't. A lot of books have a lot of stuff. They call them leadership books, and they're a lot about managing people. Uh, a lot of content in them about managing people. Some content in them, hopefully, about leading people. But if you don't have a good leadership foundation of knowledge and understanding about leadership, you can't separate the two. I hear a lot of people talk about good to great. And they talk about how good a leadership book it is. And things I hear them talking about ain't leadership. It's management of people. It's the bad stuff. It's how to manage people, not how to lead people treating people like objects instead of like people. But again, I like the book, but I can separate it and I understand what's in it and I get the gold out of it and I dump the dirt like I recommend you to always do. I'm going to share a couple of quotes with you related to discipline. This one, if there's any football fans out there, Alabama, Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, whatever you want to say, I, I'm not a, a sports fan in, in any profession. Any sport, I'd, you know, I watch some football every now and then, but I'm not attached. I don't get, I don't care who wins, who loses. If I'm watching any sports, I'm just looking for a good game. Most of the time, I pull for the underdog, whoever that is. Doesn't make it any different. The reason is, if they win, just gonna be a little cooler. But I, I don't really care. But anyway, this quote is from Nick Saban, the head coach of University of Alabama, and I, I tell people I mine gold wherever I can find it. This gold happened to come from Nick Saban probably saw him uh, talking because he, he's uh, obviously a good leader of his team relative to football, relative to competency. I don't know a lot about his character. Sometimes these coaches, you'll hear him uh, talking. I, I've heard some, uh, I guess, secretly recorded audio from locker rooms, and I lose a lot of respect for a lot of these coaches because you get to learn who they really are when they think they're in private talking. The team already knows who they are, just the public does it. So I don't really know about Nick one way or the other. But I know it doesn't matter who he is or what he what he lives his life like behind the curtain. This right here is a golden nugget. And this is all the one I'm worried about at the moment. He says you either suffer the pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment. That's a good one right there. It's kind of like the same thing Jim Rohn said. The pain of discipline weighs ounces. Regret weighs tons. Nick Saban said it this way. You either suffer the pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment. You're going to suffer from one of them. Like I was telling you, me trying to be more healthy and eat healthy, it's, it's painful because that's not what I want to do. But I'd rather suffer the pain of discipline than a pain of disappointment. Part of that disappointment would be letting you down because I don't lead myself well. I got to hold myself to a higher standard because there's people out, out there like you who trust me, who believe that I live what I speak. So if I want to be that kind of leader that I'm telling you about, I got to suffer the pain of discipline. I got to do it for you. Even though I might not want to do it for me, 
If I've got integrity, I got to do it for you. And I do a lot of what I do are for the people who are following me. Because if it was just up to me in my little world like it used to be, I wouldn't make near as many good choices as I do today. Because I hold myself to a high standard because I know there's a lot of you out there who want me to do that. You want me to be the person I'm trying to help you become. And I've been on my personal mission since 2008. I've been wearing that mirror out. The greatest project you'll ever work on can be found in your mirror. Let me share another quote with you. This one here is just something that I, I say a lot, and I say those who don't have discipline should expect to be left behind by those who do. Talking about teamwork. If you got team members with discipline and you don't have discipline, you can expect to be left behind by those who do because they're going to grow and develop their influence with high-impact leaders, even with low-impact leaders. Bad leaders still like people who get the job done, people who follow through, people who have discipline. So good or bad leaders prefer disciplined team members. See how that works? It's because it's a principle. People value it. Everybody on your team values it. The key is, do you value being disciplined? One more quick quote before we wrap up today. This one's from Jeff Fisher. He says, discipline is doing what you really don't want to do so you can do what you really want to do. Pretty good stuff. We talk about me and my health. That's one reason I got discipline around health. I got to do what I don't want to do, which is eat right. So I get to do what I want to do, which is live longer with good health. I don't like being sick. I don't like being down. And again, I don't like medicines. So I got to, I got to do the work. I got to, I got to suffer through the pain and discipline. Hope you guys got some value out of today. You like what I'm sharing with you, share it with others, but most importantly, you can't model what you're not living. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.